Welcome, my friends, to Scry Me a River, the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems, kind of. I mean, it is, uh, it's it's part of the show. Dennis, we're becoming less and less of an MTG and less and less of an advice podcast. Yeah, so, with each passing episode, we're just going to become Power Moves the Podcast, which is it fine. It is just Power Moves the Podcast. Jeez, we got a, we got a, we got a full old mailbag this week as well. Power oh, yeah. Moves. Look forward to that. Look forward to that, my friends. Uh, no, we've had a lot of people get in touch with the show. Thank you so much to all the people who continue to correspond with us. If you want to do so, you can join these exalted uh, exalted listeners. Hit us up on Twitter. It's the best way mm-hmm. to do it, at Radicry Tower or at Stranjack. Uh, Dennis, got a couple of things to cover off before we get yeah, into the advice this week. Yes. Oh, wait, actually, hang on. No, no, we've got to do the ad. Mate, I was so keen to get into the so, so, so keen to get into that. Jumping so the gun. That, that premium content that I forgot about. I forgot our contractual obligations to channelfireball.com, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. You've got to pay the Papa CFB Piper, man. <laughs> That's it. Uh, channelfireball.com, of course, everyone knows by now, the best place to buy and sell your cards on the World Wide Web. Um, do you know what and complexes me about channelfireball.com? What's that? That they didn't go for. I mean, channelfireball.com is very pedestrian, I would say. Dot com? Come on. They can do better than that. You want you want .net, .org, .web, .ninja? .org, mate. Channel5.pizza is what I want. Woof. Do you want to see if it's available? Let's see if it's available. I mean, we're not buying. It's going to be a premium. It's going to be a premium domain name. If, if it's, it's if it's premium. available, it's just if it's just available from GoDaddy or whatever. It's just however much it costs. You you are a, I'm, you're a huge fan of the .net uh, uh, suffix, aren't you? I hate it. I hate it. I hate <laughs> no, it. Everything I, should be .com. I know it's supposed to be for commercial, but it's not 1999 really it, anymore. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, and it's uh, like you have really half a history half .net, right? Half a history .net, mate. Yep. Don't even worry about it. Half a history. All of my all of my explosives in the cargo hold .net. I love the .net thing. Um, if you if you don't want to spend your money on .net and expensive .pizza suffixes, however, why not spend your money at channelfireball.com? Uh, on Magic Cards, you can buy a range of colourful cardboard, my friends, at very competitive prices. There's very cardboard with pictures of monsters. There's cardboard without pictures of monsters on it. There's cardboard, if you really like pictures, there's some cardboard that has have very few words on them that actually somehow cost usually more than the ones without words. Yeah, the it's, not really, it's not really a paper word, paper word kind of system, unfortunately. No, it's definitely not. Well, no, I would, mm, d- mm, is it unfortunate? Otherwise, we'd all be swimming in chains of Mephist- Mephistopheles and animate deads. They'd be, they'd yeah, be the most expensive card, card. What a card, chains of Mephistopheles, man. Whew. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a card that literally needs a flowchart for you to understand what it's doing. And it's available now on ChannelFireball.com at very competitive prices, of course. Do you know what isn't priced competitively on ChannelFireball.com, Dennis? What's that? The content. No. It's, well, no. I would say it's priced, oh, it's priced zero. I guess that's not competitively. No, not at all. It's free. Free as a bird, it's, man. It's free as an American on the 4th of July, Dennis. From, oh, wow. From some of the best Magic players and Magic content creators in the world. And also you and me, Riley. And also you and me. In addition to some of the best best Magic personalities around the world, they've also got some low-tier garbage, trash little scrub boys like right. you and me making Scrimy River. Riley, did you notice I seemed a little distant during that ad read? Uh, yes, and I know what you were doing. What do you think I was doing? You were looking up the price of uh, Channel Fiber Pizza on GoDaddy.com. Uh, that was thirteen dollars, but no, Riley, you've no. been par- you've been power moved. What have you done? I've bought halfourshistory.com. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. History.com. No, you haven't. Oh, yes, no, I have. It's not, oh, it's not loading. <laughs> Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's just oh, me. that's terrible. What a coup. Cause you, oh, and this, you you threatened to do this. I did. I know, you threatened it, to do this months ago as a joke when I was teasing you about hating half-assed history.net. Yeah. 
It's not Let loading. Me, let's just redirect it. Let's just redirect it. No, redirect it to please redirect to halfasystory.net. <laughs> no. Please redirect to halfasystory.net. <laughs> oh, no. This is, oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> website coming soon. Please check back soon to see if the website is available. All right. Oh, no. I'm hating this. Where are you going to put it? Let's see. I'm just going to look at it. I'm just going to just remember how to do this on GoDaddy because it's very annoying. Oh, this is terrible. This is the worst outcome for me. Oh, no. This is perfect, mate. Oh, you, and you've done some. Uh, you've done some other horrific. Oh yeah, bought- buying my friends. Ne- oh yeah, I buy I buy people's domains all the time. I love it. So so Dennis has bought. I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to out the person's name because the joke that Dennis played is very nasty on this person. But Dennis bought a domain name of his friend. Like let's say, just I'm, I'm just making this up. Uh, NicholasHumphreys.com, yeah. right? And he redirected it to a very high-profile court case about a convicted criminal. Yes, so when I did. So when you go to that website, you now read about this brutal, <laughs> these horrific crimes that this other person uh, committed. And, oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. All right. Is the redirect finished? No. It's, oh, here we, right. go, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. This is very bad. I'm not enjoying this at all. I hope, I've, I hope our listeners at home are enjoying <laughs> Dennis live yeah, updating. Yeah, DNS managing website, the podcast. A, web, a website's back end. Oh dear. All right. Well, actually, this gives me an opportunity to, uh, to cover a bit of correspondence here that I received personally from the brave Bothan. I don't know how this Bothan is still alive after He having, survived. Uh, well, that's why he's so brave. He, many yeah. Bothans died, not this one. Well, no, apparently not brave. Cowardly. Cowardly, I would say. Oh, wow. Nah, Unless mate. the brave Bo- Bothan is uh, tweeting from beyond the grave. Mm. The brave Bothan writes, Riley. For Scrymia River, this is going not. This is not going to Dennis. I would never go to Dennis. Hashtag Riley for life, a man of great taste and refinement. I need you to call out justice for Yixlid Jailer. Refusing to reprint this gem, this 10 out of 10 perler of a card is an utter and indefensible travesty. It isn't too powerful. It's a zombie supporting the tribal sub-theme of, uh, of Theros. And it's called Jailer in a set where the key mechanic is escape... They really dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, this to be was honest, a slam dunk. That seems like a gimme, and I do think they've, I do think they've messed up a little bit there. To be honest, Yixlid. I don't know if Yixlid is already established in Magic War. Magic I Cannon has been. I hate these words. Like, like Innistrad has like the different vampire broods, you know, like Falconrath yeah. and Sengir and stuff, and they just yeah. fence you in so much. Mm, mm, mm. Yixlid is no. It, it doesn't sound Greek. No, nah, it doesn't sound Greek at all. It sounds. Vague. I think it actually sounds vaguely Greek. I guess, but look, you could get away with it, and it is perfect because it it, it just it it's it's not only a jailer that prevents escape. It ho- like it in in both flavor and name, it it prevents the set's mechanic because escape cards lose the uh, lose the ability. It, it, it is it would be it would have been the perfect flavor reprint here like that. But I mean, they didn't. They also didn't reprint Lucid Limited for the second time, which That's I, true. I which I really don't understand. Do you remember? Do you remember when they were first coming talking about Theros, and they were like, "Oh, there's a um, there's a." There's a card coming from Future Sight, and it's going to be yes. in Theros. Do you remember what that yeah. card was? Uh, yeah, it was Nessian Corsa. Such ah, oh, that was that was awful, man. That was yeah. a bait and switch. The vanilla. No, that was 3-3. a huge cop out. That that was on the, that was the same level of the cop out as Maro saying he was going to print a vanilla mythic, and then it was ended up being silver boarded. Yeah, exactly. What the Infinity doesn't Elemental? count, mate. Yeah. Doesn't count. Anyway. Dennis, should we get into the advice? You still haven't redirected this website. I, I don't think you know how to manage a DNS. I don't I think d- you know, Dennis. I don't think you know a DNS from a PNS. Wow. Well, it's it's processing. But it, here's the thing, folks at home. Mm. Now, if you want to submit a question to Scrammy River, just head to halfhourhistory.com. No, it'll don't. take you, It'll take you straight to twittercom slash stranjack and you can submit oh, your question right that away. That is the worst. That is the worst. <laughs>
The captain writes in and says, Hi, Riley. Okay, the bad start, but you know, I'll, I'll humor him, I guess. Big fan of the Scrum River podcast. Have a question if you and Dennis can fit it in. Well, you know what, captain, we can't. So let's move on and we'll just carry yeah, on. busy. The... Places to go, people to see. Maybe you should have addressed yeah, no, both. He writes no, no, in and says, the captain, you chose magic... very well and just sending it to me. Very, very, very wise choice. All right. Been playing Magic for about a year now, but never Paper Magic. And I was looking at Commander as I made an intro into Paper. I know you're a big fan of EDH and was wondering what constitutes a good EDH day. I guess this makes sense because he's speaking directly to you. But nonetheless, yes. I'm. My feelings are no less hurt. Uh, get good. Start playing commander. Start being known as one of the, the preeminent commander identity. Uh, uh, you know, like me. You know, when when someone thinks EDH, when someone thinks commander, they think Riley Knight. After thinking, you know, Jimmy, Josh, Jimmy, Josh, Seth, yeah, uh, Krim, yeah, of course. Anyway, uh, Olivia, Shivam, right. Sheldon. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. That's a, I'm, look, I'm on the list. I'm not saying I'm not on the list, but I'm a long way down. But I appreciate the captain coming straight to me because he could have gone over my head, but he didn't. All right. So what constitutes a good EDH deck? Oh, God, like most it, it other questions, goals, man. like most other questions, when you ask uh, a powerful wizard anything, they're going to say the same answer. And I'm going to say it right now. It depends. Mm. It, it depends, really depends. Specifically in this case, it depends on what the captain's goals are. Yes, 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 yes. If, if, if you're looking to... Actually, you know, you know what it depends on more than anything else is the people you're playing with. It well, depends the thing, it, on the the established culture of the play group that you're hoping to join. I, here's the thing: the, the divide is bigger in no format than it is in EDH. EDH is yeah. the only format that has a specifically dedicated CEDH. There's no competitive standard. All standards assume to be basically competitive, unless you're playing yes. like jank stuff. The, yeah. the 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 delta is so huge in commander that they they think they need they think they see fit to streamline the two formats, which I think is correct. Yes, yeah. I mean, the. I mean, we've talked about this on previous episodes, the difference between ca- quote-unquote casual and quote-unquote competitive commander, mm. uh, where, you know, you'll sit down at a, a table of four and either, you know, just stuff about doing silly things or, you know, try to win on, come off on turn five or whatever or something like that. But here, here's my number one piece of advice. If you're looking to get into commander and you're, not, you, you, you're, just, you're starting from absolute zero, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how you're going to do anything else like that, pick a card, pick a commander, pick a deck that just has a thing. Yes, right? a mechanic or a theme that you think is cool or interesting and build around that. Whatever that thing is, right? It could be putting extra lands into play. It could be drawing a bunch of extra cards. It could be putting a bunch of tokens. Whatever whatever your thing is, right? That's what you, you should build a deck that drives towards. And there's and- almost certainly a commander for it, man, at this stage. Oh yeah, no. No matter what, no matter what you're trying to do, right? There's going to be a commander that's going to let you do it. Whether you want to, you know, steal your opponent's stuff, or whether you want to, uh, you know, have them discard cards. Whatever it is, there's there, there's going to be a commander for you. EDH Rec is a fantastic resource for this because they mm-hmm. sort deck they sort decks and commanders by type by theme, right? Yep. yep. Um, and uh, it's a it's a really good way to get an idea of where you should position yourself in the format, or which you know and which cards you, you should or should include. You build yourself a deck list, you put it in the tech stock or whatever, or you export it from EDH. Right? You head on over to channelfather.com, you put it into the deck list builder, and you just buy them all in one go. Buy them all in one go, and I'll tell you, I'll t- I'll, I'll go one step further, Dennis, because this is what I do: <laughs> buy a lot more than hundred cards. My, most that? of my EDH decks are like 150 cards, and then I've got 50 cards. Like, a, you know, I've got a 50 card sideboard that I kind of <laughs> rotate in and out there like that. Because I've been the number of times I've been to EDH uh, EDH rec, gone through like I don't know, you know, when I was building my Zakama list, right? And I was mm. like, oh, I need no, no, I need oh no, no, I definitely need that one. I'll, de- I'll, I'll, I'll probably won't play this, but I'll get it just in case, right? I ended up buying you know 80 non land cards, right? Mm. And that's how to do it. And the reason you do this, this isn't just you know, I'm trying to boost sales of Channel Five, but I'm trying to trying to fatten up that bottom line, Dennis. The reason you do this is you are going to... You're going to get it wrong. 
The oh, first yeah. draft of your deck is going to be, it's going to, you're, you're going to have stuffed it up. Even if you think it's perfect, you're going to go to a play group and it's not going to be perfect for that group. You're going to have to power it up, power it down, take certain stuff out. You know, there's going to be little uh, cards that people do like, don't like, whatever. So basically, you know, I don't think you really ever finish an EDH deck. No. So just sketch one out, draft one out, see if you like it, see if it's doing its thing, go along and play with some people and then just adjust it. And that that is, I mean, for me at least, that's part of the fun. Oh yeah, the, the the iterative nature of EDH. Uh, the, the part of there's a hiccup there though, mm. which is I hate when you change one card in your EDH deck and you don't see it for five, ten, fifteen yeah. commander games because you draw you yep. see so few, so little of your deck yep. in any given game unless you have a deck that's built around you know casting blues on Zenith or whatever I guess. But mm. no, that that is true. Like uh, I've got a I've got a blink deck and the number of times would you like to know how many creatures I've blinked? I've had this deck for years mm-hmm. how many creatures i've blinked with brago right and throughout the entire time right that i've had this deck mm-hmm. four was brago not your commander no it's not my commander no no oh. kinaz and tiro my commander because i like playing four colors like brago always dies when you play it right and you yep. hardly ever draw it right yep. and then actually getting to attack and connect and blink stuff it never happens so oh, it's impossible yeah yeah exactly so you're right a lot of the times you don't draw the new cards you put in or you know you you won't see my whole lot or whatever um but the point is here i mean the the question the question is very clearly coming from someone who's used to a different type of magic, right? Yeah, and there, I think there is a, a roadblock here. Yeah. Which is um, maintaining a commander board state. Now, if this person's only ever played online, I'm going to mm. assume they haven't played commander online. Mm-hmm, Maybe yeah. they have, in which case this is moot. But if they haven't, adding two other battlefields, essentially, and two other players, let's assume you're playing in a four-person pod versus 1v1 in standard yep. or limited or whatever, it adds more than it's more than three times the amount of mental like acuity. I think. Uh, yeah, there's it's sort of exponential, right? Like you've got to keep uh, you got yeah, to keep tricky. track of so it's much tricky. more stuff. It's yeah. tricky, and, and like late game turns ten fifteen where there's oh, it's yeah, swilling permanence on the battlefield. It's it's nuts. So that's something I think the captain could, in theory, struggle with. But to be honest, commander can't. Depending, on, like I said, depending on who you play with, can be mm. fun, can be very yeah. casual. And look, it seems like he's got the gusto. I think he's going to be fine. I think so too. And and what what like there are a couple of things here that that sort of I just want to point out as as stuff that you should maybe change about your mindset when getting into EDH. Um, first of all, looking at Commander as an intro to, into into paper, great way great way to make the transition from digital into paper, especially if maybe you know you don't have an LGS or whatever else like that. You're looking to to get find your feet that sort of thing. That that's fine. What isn't, however, is saying what constitutes a good EDH deck, right? I, I, well, it depends what you mean by good here. If you mean good mm-hmm. as in like it's one that you're going to have fun with, one that you're going to enjoy playing, one that's going to you know mean like you're going to basically that you're going to have a good time. That's great. I don't think you should go into Commander with the same definition of good that you would when you're playing modern or, or no or Pioneer i wholeheartedly or, agree or you standard. should go in thinking what deck am i going to have the most fun playing exactly so look i i don't you know i don't have a crystal ball and i don't know exactly what the captain means when they're saying uh what constitutes as a good edh deck if you like good here is one that you're going to enjoy playing not one that you're going to be able to smash face with because that's not what you that's not what the format is about in my view i don't i don't necessarily enjoy winning games of commander because well which is lucky because i don't win a lot of them because i'm always <laughs> yeah, not, not right probably into a lot no <laughs> uh exactly um so again i think it comes back i mean the, the advice i'd reiterate here dennis is like find find a commander find a strategy find a thing that you want to do and then dial down on that thing. And, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of good places to start. Everyone starts out building an Aloro deck. If you want to start there, of course, you, you, you certainly can. But, you know, there's, what, there's Titania if you enjoy doing silly things with lands out of the bin. There's uh, Nekuzar if you enjoy drawing a lot of cards and punishing your opponents for doing the same, that sort of thing. There's, 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 
limitless possibilities. And so just pick a thing that you really enjoy doing, build a deck around it, and just constantly tweak it. And, and that, in my mind, is what constitutes a, a good, a successful entry into the uh, into the EDH format. Actually, you know what, the captain? You know where you can get some high-quality EDH deck lists? Go on. Is www.halfarsedhistory.com. If you head there right now, you get some primo Magic the Gathering content just being straight it, into your brain. Where is, it sending, where is it going now? Well, no, it still just goes to my Twitter account. <laughs> but then, you're not posting. You've been posting premium EDH deck lists. I don't know, but I'm just happy that the redirect works there, man. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> All right, so what you want to do is you want to go to halfhousehistory.com, go to the pinned tweet, and click on the blue link that says Riley Quarry Tower. No, 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 right? no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dennis, buckle up because it's time for everyone's favourite segment. It's time for Power Moves. This really is my favourite segment, man. I'm not even joking. It's everyone's favourite segment. I mean, we do the the the, the advice is the Brussels sprouts of this podcast, and now you get now this is the big scoop of ice cream. This is what everyone enjoys, which we some for some reason have in the middle and then go back to Brussels sprouts. I don't know. It's it's a weird way to handle it, but uh, this is yeah, how we should do it. We anyway, move, should we move this to the top or to the end of the show? Should we just should we get rid of all the advice and just do power moves for for you know forty five minutes a week? I think we. I mean, honestly, if if the volume keeps coming up like they have, we probably could. We get so many more power moves than we do advice, which I'm which it's I'm true. Yeah, I'm thrilled about. <laughs> anyway, Dennis, we got a bit of uh, we got a bit of uh, power move correspondence here from Alex mm. Ullman, Right now, people recognise Alex Ullman, a, a, a famed, a noted Channel Fireball contributor, of Popper course, aficionado. Exactly. Regarding last week's power move about using your gamer handle, I have the exact opposite experience. Once I started doing coverage for CFB, I would often introduce myself or be introduced as Alex Ullman, and people have no idea who I was. But once I provide my Twitter handle, everyone knew who I was. Of course, everyone knows Alex as at nerd to the core. Mm. But here's here's where I can really start relate to the starting to relate to this bit here. I also don't talk about writing a, a, a ton of my LGS. So when it came out that I wrote for CFB, it suddenly made me a target. At Commander Night. I can relate to that a little bit. And I can relate to this as well, Dennis, because I tell you what, there's nothing people enjoy more than than, than falling the mighty, right? Mm. And so when when I'm playing a game of Commander against people, I'm immediately the target. Immediately. Mm. They go, oh, you know, I, I want to add this. This would be a final lightsaber to add to my collection. I want to be the one to bring down Riley Knight. There's one guy at our local game store who mm. I, won't, I don't think he listens to the podcast, so I probably couldn't name this, but I won't just in case anyway, who will always, if I sit down to play against somebody, he'll always be like, oh, careful, he works Chow Fireball. Like, what? As if, as if I'm going to bring out like the like special printed, you know, God mode cards. Yeah, the, yeah that are only available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that as well, because that, that's also a power move from that guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He puts me You're on the back the one- right away. You're the one arriving with the clout, right? With that that good, good CFB clout. The expectation, clout. yeah. But then he's turning around and being like, "Ooh, look at this! Look at Mister Big Shot over here!" And you know, and, now, and then if I lose, it's like a chump, and if I win, I look like a jerk. Oh, that's oh, that's beautiful. We, we've discovered a little hidden power move here, like yeah, that DLC power move. DLC power move. You didn't even have to pay extra money for it, so they enjoy that. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's fire through some more power moves, Dennis. I know we got a lot. All right, I got another power move here, Riley, from David Riley. Here's a little power move for the pre-releases this weekend. Before you play your first match of the event, find someone who opened an 8-8 hexproof Kraken token who will let you have it. When you sit down to play your matches, have a small pile of tokens that you conspicuously placed on your mat and have the 8-8 on top. Now your opponent is going to be afraid you cracked Kiora, best of the sea god, especially if you're actually playing blue in your deck. I love that this. Is, 
That is so good. I've run a, I've run a, a a good bit of gear with tokens over the years, but this oh, one, yeah. especially to pre- this is timely advice, Dennis. People go to their pre-release tomorrow, right? And this is I I, I want to see this up and up and down the throughout throughout the magic. Oh, world. please send us your photos. Please send us your photos of your cracking tokens tomorrow. And uh, look, let, let's uh, let's let's dial in on a little bit here, Dennis. Let's let's go a little deeper, right? What you want to do? You bust your six packs open, right? Mm-hmm. And then you loudly announce to the table around you. Oh, you go, does anyone, hey, anyone have a cracking well, token? Um, anyone got a, uh, a cracking token? Uh, sorry, did anyone open one that they, they don't? Or better yet, if someone's on the table near you that they, and they've opened one, say, oh, "Sorry, but mate, do you need that? Can, can I can I just grab that one real quick off you? Oh, thanks very much. Right? You can dial it up to eleven. Just you, anybody have another cracking token? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna need two. I'm gonna need two I'm here. Need so. Two. If anyone's got a spare, yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. The reason you want to make a big show of it is because you're going to play against someone who's heard it. You're yeah, going to play against someone who's heard yeah, it. And they're going to sit down immediately and go, how, how, I mean, this guy's bested the sea god. How am I ever going to beat them? We've leveled it up here because David Riley's power move is a strong one, but it only works on the first person or one person. You're power moving the whole room. You're power moving yeah. the whole pod. I love this as well. I've, as I say, I've done other stuff with tokens as well. I like putting tokens that aren't in my deck in my deck box oh yeah yeah i've done that before like when i when we back when uh at the gay crash pre-release yeah i uh, i picked demir and yeah. then maybe back then you get the box that was colored in the dice and stuff and i was like oh i'll be a proper demir agent i traded with someone who had a gruel one so that i had the the, the, oh. big, the, the green red deck box green red die whip out yeah. my black blue deck and they were like what of course, Demir sucked, so it was terrible. But those couple but of seconds, it's pure, the princi- pure glory. It's the principle of it. Yeah. I keep a couple of 1-1 one, one spirits in my scapeshift deck box, right? Obviously, Interesting. scapeshift can't make spirits. But uh, I do this for two reasons. So first of all, to hide my sideboard, right? When I when I take my deck out, I don't want people seeing that, you know, the Glimpsing first- it, yeah. Yeah, the, the first card in my sideboard is, I don't know, Anger of the Gods or Beast Within or something. Upside down Anger of the Gods, you know. Exactly. So I, I use the spirits to cover it. But also, it means that I can leave my deck box open or ha- I'll have people glimpse inside my deck box and then I go, hmm, okay, all right. So it's, uh, spirits in the side. Actually, do you know what I should make them? I should make them like soldiers, one-one soldiers, because then they're going to be thinking stuff like, "All right, ah, oh, uh, timely reinforcements out of the board." Like that sort. Of, yeah. All right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go one level deeper. I, that's a legend move and a strong move from David. I think. Oh, absolutely a legend move. Absolutely a legend move. That that's the definition of a legend move. All right. Here's here's an asshole move. However, for you, Dennis. Right. We got another power move here. This one coming from Archangel. When it's time to cut your deck and your opponent only moves the top half of your deck and then they expect you to finish the cut yourself. This happens in certain parts of the world. I've never then, seen this, but go on. But then you just put the top half right back on top and draw your seven. You undo their cut. You undo their cut. So there are certain parts of the world, Italy, for example. In Italy, you know, so so the standard sort of deck cutting routine in, in a lot, in, you know, in, for example, North America, right, mm-hmm. is you take the top half of the opponent's deck, you put it down, you take the bottom half of the deck and put it on the previous top half, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, as the opponent, you go through the whole motion. This seems so apparent to me that it feels weird hearing you even talk through it. But go on. Well, what would happen to me in Italy, right, is that they would just cut half the deck. When I went, I traveled around Italy and played a bunch of Magic there. So they would take the top half and put it on on the playmat next to the bottom so half. So you have two, and then just two le- piles and then leave you to finish it? And then leave and leave you to it. Which is a, is a bit of a power move as well because it's like, all right, I, I, you know, you, you, you can clean up the mess here. Right, I don't, mate? like, if you undo a cut like that, is that against the rules? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I think it's pretty clear what they're saying. It's like, here, you know, this is where I'm cutting your deck. So, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're listening and you're a judge with like a familiarity of the MTR, please do let us know if you think this is against the rules. I think it's on the line, but it could be. I don't know. I actually, I truly have no idea. I love it though. I like, especially if you're playing, you know, for low. St- a, lo- a lot of these power moves are only really applicable for low stakes magic. You shouldn't be doing this, you know, at a GP or a oh, PT or anything yeah. else like that. But 
I really like the. It's just the arsehole. It's like, oh, you try to. Oh, you did. You did a bad job of cutting my dick. Well, let me just fix that one up for you. I'll put it. I'll put it back to how I like it. Thank you very much. I think it's very. I think it's. I think it's very powerful. We got another power move here, Riley. Fresh off the presses from J Maz. Now I'm gonna give you a little bit of backstory. J Maz was worried this one made him look like an asshole, and I want to see if you think it does. All right, uh, let's let's have a uh, let's have a little uh, a little you, a little tribunal at the end. Is, is oh, this an yeah, asshole yeah. move or a legend move? All right, go on. So buying a couple dozen copies of a really obscure rare and putting them all front and center of your trade binder, and then when people ask about them, laugh incredulously and give them a "huh." You'll see at the next set release. <sighs> that's a that's a line ball. It's a heel move, but I don't think it's an asshole move. It's I don't not. Think it's an asshole move, but it's not. I mean, people aren't looking. You go, wow, he really did it. What a legend. Here's the here's the deal. I don't think it's an asshole move, but J-Maz, there is a surefire way to make this into a legend move. Go on. Which is when you, when they ask about them, you laugh incredulously and you give them a, huh, you'll see at the next set release. And then lean in and give them a, better hurry to channelfireball.com right now and buy them while they still have them. <laughs> then we'll decree that a legend move, no problem. Very good. I love that. You scratch my the back, thing, I scratch yours. The thing I don't like about this one is the, you'll see at the next set release, right? The, fr- the phrasing of the sentence? or I think you just, I think you just say, you'll see. You'll see. Because the next set release, it, it sort of it, it gives the impression that you have like inside information, or that like there's been a leak, or that you know something that I they mean, don't. You can you can make it a little more punchy if they're like if they if they're like what's going on. You go, you don't know. That Do I act- mean that that that's I like that a lot more, but it definitely takes it into the asshole. Yeah, 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 I yeah. like I like. The, uh, do you actually not, know? guys? This guy doesn't know this about the Andrew and then, Tower and then, show. And then when they go, yeah, what about it? You go, what? Oh, sorry, you don't know. Oh, wow, okay, but never mind. Never forget mind. I, never forget, mind. Guess I want I some anything. super secret tech, and then you know you you bundle up your your trade binder and sprint out of the store. But I, I do like the filling the front page of your trade binder with a garbage garbage rare right mm. and then just asserting dominance by by a friend yeah, of mine again. collects a friend of mine when you get to back of his binder it's, it's just pages and pages and pages of visitrix oh yeah you're not fooling anyone with visitrix though no you no. need something you need something with a weird what's a what's a like seance you need a seance type card yeah that's true that's perfect yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you need like time stream navigator right it's like a weird card that seems like it could be broken, but no one ever really did it. But mm-hmm. you know, it, the possibility might all be all the there. pieces are there for sure. Yeah, that's it. So that's that's the, the, these are the sorts of cards that you can you can definitely power move someone by being like, oh, you know, oh, don't worry about it. You'll see in time. You know. Um, let's close things out, Dennis. This is the power move of the week, right? This uh, mm. this uh, our, our power move of the week. The the Mark Boyd Power Award goes. Hang on, did you from Mark Boyd this week? No, no word from Mark Boyd. All quiet on the Western Front with Mark He's Boyd. He's tapped out. Interesting. He know. He knows. He's read the writing on the wall. Run so Mark scared. Boyd, for those of you just listening, Mark Boyd. Uh, when we opened the power move segment, he was the. Uh, he pulled off the treble, didn't he? He got a hat trick of power yeah, move of the really week. Like, so, ran 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 the gauntlet. He uh, he would send in power moves every week that were unfailingly brilliant. But uh, no, it's been a bit quiet on the Mark Boyd front. I think uh, maybe he's he's finally realised he's met his match. Anyway, could be the calm before the storm. We'll see. But yeah, our power move of the week, still called the Mark Boyd Award, goes to our power move of the week goes to Jamez. So Jamez sent in two this week, and this one is a, is a stone cold killer. This one is so good. So <clears throat> just saying top top on a scry two without looking at the cards. To assert dominance. Basically, you're just telling your opponent, I require no further cards to vanquish you. I actually, I I don't mind saying something like that out loud. If you you go top, top, and they're like, you didn't look, you go, I don't need anything else. I have everything I need. 
That's yeah, that's even better. A- actually, adding that verbal component. Look, don't leave any doubt in your opponent's mind as to why this is happening. You're not going top top so because good. you're an idiot. You're going top top because you've already got this game in the bag. That's so good. So turn one, right? Modern turn one. Island serum visions. Draw a card. Go. And they go. Aren't you doing this crazy? I don't need to. It's your turn. <laughs> I love this. This I is fantastic. Love this. this is so good, and it's definitely a legend move. It's it's definitely a legend move because it makes you look like an app. And like, there's no downside. What happens? Well, I mean, you you draw some garbage cards and you lose the game. You look like a dope, maybe. Like, is that not? <laughs> no, of course you don't look like a dope, Dennis, because you power move them on turn one by top topping without even looking. Oh, that's true. They're gonna be running scared. They're frazzled. Oh. So, so strong. So strong. So, no, James, James the, props, prou- that's beautiful. the proud recipient this week of the Mark Boyd Power Award. Right, we have a kind of a crossover question from Magic, Magic FN this week, where Gabby and Mashi discussed, My friend says they're going to Starbucks and asks if I want anything. I ask for a coffee, and they return with an iced coffee. Fair or foul? Okay, all right. This isn't really magic related, but I guess it's not even really advice related as well. No. This is a weird. Why is Mashi asking us this question? Mashi asking asked this question very... because the 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 That's, the, par- okay, the party right. in question in this piece is me. We were at an oh, event. Mashi oh, asked you... me. To, I was going okay. to Starbucks. I was like, "You want a coffee?" He's like, "Yeah, you want anything?" He's like, "Yeah, I got a coffee and I brought it back a nice coffee." And he was incredulous. Okay, was it a hot day? No, it was cold. And you got him. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I'm speaking from ignorance here because I don't know. Despite having worked in cafes for nearly five years, I know next to nothing about coffees or coffee culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone asks for a coffee and you bring back an iced coffee. Yeah. Well, Dennis, they do say that technically technically correct is the best kind of correct. I, I, I brought him a coffee. You did bring him a coffee. You you instru- you, you filled, fulfilled his instructions to the letter, right? Now, looking at some of these replies here on Twitter, uh, Anton has replied with what, my, what, what, what the actual reality was. Yeah. Mashi asks, fair or foul? Anton replies, or power move? <laughs> this is a this is a delayed a delayed entry power move. Because here's the thing: I got my I got myself a nice coffee, and if he goes, it's cold outside. I go, oh, I'm not I'm not that cold. You chilly? I'm oh, fine. that's very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that cold. It's not it's, it's not, not too cold, cold for a nice coffee. Too cold for you? No, it's fine for me. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right. That's very good. Uh, so yeah, that was. I wish I could say that was my thinking. The answer was I just uh, James wanted a nice coffee, so I just wanted to get three iced coffees rather than saying two iced coffees in a normal Americano or whatever. Oh, so yeah, you you were saving time. It does. Okay, so th- there are two things going on here, right? It does sound that like Mushy is being a, a salty sea dog, a bit of a a bit of a whingy fish, bit of a bit of a crybaby here. Like he does wow. seem like he's sort of laying going on, on laying on the. Insults. Well, this this is the thing, right? He seems like he's going on at like flogging a dead horse, like really just going on about something. It really doesn't matter, and it sounds like he should get over it. But he's also my boss, so Dennis, I'm ruling in favor of Mushy. <laughs> wow, knows where you know where your coffee's iced, mate. I know which side of the coffee. It, where, I know which side of the coffee the butter is on, right? And I'm going to say that you absolutely should have brought him a proper, real, actual coffee. In reality, I definitely should have. I accept that, but I mean. He's also your boss, mate. You're yeah, yeah. Fire. I, I fully accept that I should have, but here's the thing. Go on. If given the opportunity again, would I do anything differently? Not a hope. Not a, not a hope. Just run it back. Run, run it, it straight back. back. All right. Assert no your regrets. dominance. Assert your dominance over the man who is by proxy paying your mortgage. Yes, yes. <laughs> a wise move, Dennis. A wise move. I'm looking forward to uh, tune in next week to uh, to Scry Me River with your host, Riley Knight, and... Mashi's the other, Yeah, and whoever has supplanted Dennis as the senior marketing director of CFP Events. 
Our next question, Dennis, comes to us from Nick Frieger, or Frieger, perhaps. Sorry, Nick, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm feeling pretty confident about Frieger, but... but I'm, I'm, look, I'm feeling good about Frieger as well. So, we, well, you know what? Let's just stick with Nick. I'm pretty sure I'm not uh, stuffing that one. Unless it's like, no, it's Nike. It's Nike. It's Nike. Um, anyway, Nick says, I suck at Twitter and I'm unsure how to send this to both you and Dennis. So here's my question for Scrimmy River. Nick, very generous, generous of you to protect Dennis's feelings by saying that we all know that you sent the question to me because that is obviously the correct oh, thing wow, to do. Wow, you wow, leave wow, Dennis wow. off that correspondence. Anyway. I really want to be kind, and I never want to reject a handshake. However, I'm anaphylactic to nuts of all kinds. I hear mm. on all sorts of magic podcasts that people eat nuts at, sea, at GPs. This is very true. Nuts that's are true. one of the things like, oh, you know, that's brain fuel, right? Yeah, high, en- can- high energy density, easy portable. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a popular snack for sure. I can be in the room, and so I can go to them, no problem. But if someone has trace nuts on their hands and shook mine and then I rubbed my eye or something, we'd have a big problem. Mm. How should I handle this? Should I not shake people's hands in case they ate cashews or pistachios that day? Or should I carry wet wipes with me everywhere? And I imagine this is not just a problem for me. Any perspective appreciated. So, Dennis, I've got actually a bit of professional experience uh, right. when it comes to to dealing with anaphylaxis and people who have severe allergies to what, towards that sort of thing. So, before we get into what you know, what what my response might be based on my experience with that sort of thing, I, I want to hear what, what are your thoughts here as as you know, someone who attends GPs pretty regularly. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I sat down, I guess, across from somebody and they were like, oh, actually, I don't, really, I don't want to shake your hand because of reason X, Y, and Z, I would think it was a little bit odd. But yeah. Nick's got probably one of the best reasons out there, I, I would say, to not want to yeah. shake your hand. And if he explains it, I think the person would have to be a pretty – would have to be basically a jerk to be mad at you about it at that point. And like Nick's even said, if, if he wants to carry on wet wipes, he can't. I don't think, I don't think he needs to do that. If you don't want to shake hands because you're worried you'll, you know – die i think it's a fine a fine take to have to be like actually i don't i don't, I don't like to shake hands you can, you can be more vague about it you can say like, oh i've got a medical thing or i have a ton of allergies if you don't want it because I, I would hate for you to be like i'm allergic to nuts and the person goes oh i didn't eat nuts today yeah but, then yeah, that, but they fries you know fried and peanut oil from five guys or whatever you know that whole thing this is what uh, this is this is where i want to this is what i want to come down to right because my experience with this is in is in education right, right? And many, many schools, I think even governments potentially around the world, have actually banned peanuts mm-hmm. and other highly allergenic, 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 allergenic foods yes. from schools. Yep. So when I was a kid, if you had a kid with a peanut allergy in class, you know, you would just make it known to the other parents, and they wouldn't pack peanut butter that sort of stuff like that. But now it's at the point where some schools just ban peanut butter outright. Also, your kid, your kid might not know they have a peanut allergy. And this is the thing, right? Yeah. In a, in a situation where kids who aren't can't be responsible for their own actions like that, that sort of thing, right? The 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 way discussion would would always go in my experience with kids is like, no, you can't have peanut butter. Why? So and so has got a peanut allergy. Oh, I won't go near them with it. Oh, I won't. Da, 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 da. Oh no, I'm not going to eat. Like, no, 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 no. These people aren't in a position where you know it's like these these, sorry, these people are in a position where a single mistake can literally cost them their lives, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how serious uh, I don't know how serious Nick's allergy is, but that's immaterial, right? If you have a life threatening allergy to something like that, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect people to play around that and make concessions for your health and well being. So I, I would you, say, that, go on, sorry. Did I ever tell you about the time I almost killed someone because of their allergy? No, I don't know this story. What happened? What did you do? So what did you was, do, Dennis? I was with Nikki. Okay. And we were at her... That's my girlfriend, yes. And we were at her uh, her parents' place. And there was nobody there at the time. So, like, we were just in town. And um, we went to the chipper. 
and mm-hmm. we got uh, we went to get that's fish the, and chips. That's the fish and chip shop for everyone else. Fish yep. and chip shop, yes. And I got a little box with some some battered prawns and some some chips. Okay. We take it back to the house, and we're sitting there eating them. And mm-hmm. now uh, a little bit of an aside story that most people, I imagine most religious don't know that Nikki's sister has a deathly shellfish allergy. But let's just uh, I would be surprised <laughs> if they did. But uh, well, I think Nikki listens to podcast, so she probably does. But um, she has a like single molecule of shellfish puff up eyes have to go to the hospital type allergy. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And which Nikki forgot about. But Sarah was wasn't living at the house at the time, so it doesn't really matter. And we're sitting there, we're in the house watching Netflix or whatever, eating our food. And we hear like a, we hear a key turn in the door. And, um, Sarah opens the door and goes, oh, I'm just popping in to visit. And Nikki tur- looks at me, looks down at my box of prawns, looks up back at me and she says, run. And she just, <laughs> <laughs> and she just grabs the boxes of fruit and sprints out the back door. <laughs> so yeah. Jeez. It's like in, it's like in, it's like an, um, Attack of the Clones where they put that slug in the room to try and kill Padme. It was like an assassination attempt. Okay, that was like a millipede. It wasn't a slug, but yeah, sure. I, I, oh, I, understand, like, what, I understand what you mean. It, it is like a millipede, isn't it? And, and slugs are known for not having uh, any legs. Having so, a low amount of legs, that's true. Let's, let's, let's thump this melon. Let's solve this problem for Nick Frager here, because I think it's very, very simple. Nick, you are in the right. No matter what happens here, you are the one with the uh, with, with this, this, this condition, regardless of how serious it is. You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting puffed up eyes or, you know, or just literally dying on the floor. It doesn't matter... You're, you're the one that people have to play around, right? It's not the other way around. Mm. However, there are things that you can do to soften the blow. And Dennis, you mentioned before something I want to come back to. You said it's about how you explain it to yes. someone. If you just refuse the handshake, especially when you lose, you are going to seem like the saltiest sea dog on earth. You're going to seem like you're late for your shift in the salt mines and you aren't. That no one wants to be around a player like that, right? But on the other hand, you don't, know, you don't owe your opponent a life story. You know, when no, I said, why don't you want to shake my hand? You go, well, it all began in 1987 when I was born. Like, no, you don't, that's not, you don't need to do that, right? So what you need to do, you need to find a line. You need to find a line to give people, right? So, for example, I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol. And people seem to think that it's socially acceptable to grill me on why I don't, right? Mm. So I always say the same thing. I have a heart condition. And I do. It's a true statement. And it sounds serious enough that people go kind of go back off and like, oh, okay, I'm not going to like that. Now, do, you now have a heart, do you have a heart condition? I do have a heart condition. You know I've got a heart condition. We've, we've had this conversation about why I don't drink, right? And it's not like it's a secret or anything. It's just it's not anyone's business as to, you know. Right, what, right. Anyway. That is one of those things that's interesting. That is one of those things that people will ask you about. And same, same with if you um, if someone says they're vegetarian, they're like, oh, are you vegan as well? Yeah. Similar space. Yeah, I don't know why it's that seems socially acceptable. It definitely I isn't. I mean, if the person's your good mate and you're on those sorts of terms, but like you can't be asking a stranger the sorts of questions like that. So, Nick, you refuse the handshake. And I'm going to leave it to you to find out what this phrase is, but it's something along the lines of, oh, sorry, I've got a medical thing or or like, oh, no, sorry, I've, I've got like extremely severe allergies. Or... If you want to take it down a different road entirely, right? If you want to, if you want to make them feel weird for having us, you go. Oh, sorry, I've got a, I've got a skin thing. Ooh, no one's gonna to want to shake your hand then, buddy. <laughs> Turn it into a power move. Turn it into a power move. Be like, uh, I'll shake your hand if you want, but I've got like a skin thing, so you know. You could do that. You could do that. I mean, these, these, this is the way to diffuse the situation while staying within the realm of social acceptability. Because I look, think, you, I mean, Nick's experience might be different, and Nick might have had people be annoyed about this if he's refused to shake their hand. But I can't imagine anyone actually being that annoyed. Can you? I, I think if I if I beat someone and then was like, well, you know, good games, and then held in my hand, and they just were like, sorry, I'm not going to shake your hand, I'd be like, wow, all right, like that's but if not. If they offer any kind of explanation at all. 
anything at all, I think you're in the clear. Yeah, that's the thing. So you've got to make so what 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 you want to do. And look, again, it depends on what how you want to handle it, how, what you want to discuss. You need to come up with your line with your quote unquote excuse. And I'm not tr- I'm not trying to make it sound like you're trying to get out of something here, right? Like until mm. you're trying to weasel out of something. You just got to come up with an excuse that that leaves you feeling comfortable. Maybe you can chat to them about it. Maybe it's a chance for you to talk to them about anaphylaxis and how how serious it can be with certain things. Where, you know, whether it's nuts or, or, or shellfish or whatever. Or if you don't feel like talking about it and you don't have to because it's no one, no one's business but yourself, you, you can be very vague about it. Sure. And then it's on your opponent because you've shown them some respect. You've said, I'm not going to shake your hand, but here's why. It's not out of disrespect. It's, but there's a real reason for it. And then it's up to your opponent to return that respect by respecting your right to privacy when it comes to your medical affairs, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to talk about it, you just say, oh, sorry, I've got a medical thing. Oh, sorry, I've got allergies or whatever else there like that. Or you can say, well, actually, I've got a severe peanut allergy. And then, you know, if they go deep on the wall, oh, I haven't eaten any peanuts, you just say, well, yeah, whatever, you know, you don't know, whatever. So find find the line. Find what what it is that you want to say to diffuse the situation. And and as you say, Dennis, most people really, most reasonable people should actually yeah, I, want I think to respect Nick's, I, I think Nick should be fine. You're upwards of 90% of the time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Scry Me A River. It's been a lot of fun to have you along. And also thank you not only to our audience, but to our sponsor, Channel Fireball. Okay, well now- Oh, now that everyone the, else is gone. Now that everyone else is gone, it's time for Shaharazad Me A River, the secret podcast for podcast. the real fans who the listen all the way fans. to the end. Uh, this what? is our video game podcast. Dennis, uh, what have you been up to this week? I'm playing a lot of League of Legends, Riley. You've had you tried to get you tried to get me onto the league train. Tried to you? hook you, yeah, because we both yeah. played Teamfight Tactics, which we liked. I, I do like TFT. I like a bit of TFT. <clears throat> but uh, I'm like and like Nikki and Jeff and like uh, my girlfriend, a lot of my friends have all played League for a long time, and I could never really get into it. But I finally it cracked through the shell. It got its mm. hooks in me this last like these last two weeks, and yeah, I'm I'm a full I'm a I'm a you're uh, a lola. You're a full. To, no, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like a a permanent you resident. Just love a, permanent, to lol. A, a permanent resident of the rift, shall we say? <laughs> Um, uh, I know next to nothing about teamfights, uh, about, uh, about League, thing. about what do you th- what's generally. The, what is, so what, what do you think a game of League of Legends is like? Um, it's like, a, I'm going to guess like 20 minutes of sending a champion from a spawn point down one of three lanes, they're called, for them it's to pretty die. Good, yeah. And then you just do it over and over again until you sort of push one team further back and you can destroy their base. Right. Uh, I mean, that's basically twenty. You're twenty minutes away. They're way longer than that, like thirty to forty usually. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't oh, realize yeah. it that long. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, the game has like all these phases, like a lane phase at the start, where you're not really interacting with the enemy champions very much at all. You're just killing minions to get gold, mm-hmm. and like, but like, if they overextend, you can pounce them, and you know, you can gank them, and all this stuff. And it's very, very tense, and it's all about positioning. But I play a champion that, if anybody listening to this podcast plays League, will understand, is a weird champion to play, which is singed because singed doesn't really have any attacks basically is this, is this the beekeeper the beekeeper yeah i have the beekeeper singed skin which is basically so be, singed usually is an alchemist who like shoots poison out of his back or whatever the idea being that we, you kind of bait people into chasing you and then while they're running towards they take damage and then he has a move which, where he flips them over his shoulder like a fireman would and throws them <laughs> throws them throws them behind them and then they're in the poison cloud again and you just gotta kite people around until they die it's great. What a um, what a rich, flavorful game. What a, yeah. what a universe that we live in here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, Beekeeper Singe doesn't shoot uh, poisonous gas. He shoots a cloud of bees. Yeah, perfect. Right? That's even better. So like, I'll be I'll be playing. I'll be playing, we'll be with Nick. We're playing with, like some friends. We're playing on Discord, and like, I'll run towards the enemy team as they're fleeing from, a, and I'll just be like, no, no, come back, come back, come back. Have you heard the good word of the bees, guys? I have bees, <laughs> guys, 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 guys. I have bees. 
and then like like it's like it's a it's a real like common trope and lead to never chase singed because it's just a bad idea because he yeah. has high moving speed and you won't catch him and you just take damage doing it yeah so like i'll run towards the enemy team and then i'll run away and they'll start chasing me. i'll just go chase me chase me chase me and just sprint up the lane it's so good game of every year man Game of every year. Game of every League year. Of Legends. No, I've never played League. I probably, I probably won't get into it. My, my video game time is precious enough as it is. Do you know what I've been playing this week? What's that? Blast from the Past, Dennis. Uh, Megan, my girlfriend, bought me a bunch of Professor Layton games. She dug Ooh. them up from goodness knows where, right? So I've, got, I've been replaying them on my 3DS. I replayed um, uh, Professor Layton in the Curious Village. Mm. Man, those puzzles were not as hard the second time around. Uh, because you're older or because you've beaten them before? Well, I don't know. I remembered some of them, but I, I mean, I played them like 10 years ago, longer than that, maybe. So you would have been um, 35 or whatever when you first played them? All right, mate. I was like 20. Okay, still <laughs> there, like 19 or 20. It's like, I haven't, that, I haven't become smarter since I was 19. If anything, I've become stupider, right? you become worldlier, though. I guess I've become worldlier. That doesn't help you rearrange matchsticks into different configurations. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. If you're into puzzles, if you, if you enjoy going through a puzzle book, right? If you're the sort of person who, like, when you've got a train journey or a plane journey or something, you would buy a puzzle book and go through them. Professor Layton, you can get them for very cheap these yeah, days. Cheap, cheap, cheap you know, th- this is not Zelda Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. You know, this is not uh, this is not uh, Golden Eye sixty four. They're not rare cartridges. No, no, you're going to be able to pick them up pretty cheap. So if you've got a DS, you've got a three DS, and you want to you want just some good old puzzle puzzly fun, uh, Professor Layton's the game for you. Anyway. Yeah, I guess my cold take of the week is that League of Legends is fun, but you, I find it very intimidating and very difficult to get into. But if you're trying, if you try to get into League and you didn't like it, I would implore you to try again, and you will eventually break through that wall, and it is worth it. Yeah, I know that this is just a veiled way to try to get me into League, Dennis. It's not happening, mate. It's not happening. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come into the rift with you, my friend. Ah, come on, we need you in the rift, man. Ah, I'm so busy. I've, I've got no time. I've got no time to get to the rift. Anyway. Speaking of being busy, we're going to close things out. We've, got, we've both got busy days ahead of us, don't you? You've got, you've got a ton true. of things to do. So we, we're we going to wrap do. things up here. Yeah, uh, so if thank you again, like we said, to everyone who submitted questions, paranormal things like that, you can submit those over at halfhourshistory.com. No, halfhourshistory.net, uh, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, 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 you submit, con- your, submit your questions at halfhourshistory.net. No, 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 submit your questions at halfhourshistory.net. There's a contact form there on the website. You can <laughs> You'll listen, take them you in can, there too? <laughs> you can listen to you know me talk about, uh, I don't know, the, the Beast of Gévaudan for a, a half an hour or whatever. Anyway, So you can contact us on Twitter at Stranjack or at Riley Quarry Tower. Do you ever regret having such a difficult to spell Twitter handle? No, never, never. Okay, no, just no, no. Brief, brief aside there. Thanks again to our sponsor, ChannelFireball.com, for providing both the funding to run this podcast and some of the finest Magic the Gathering sales, deals, and content available throughout the multiverse. And thanks to Joachim Karud for you know soundtracking this and basically everything Riley's ever made. That's it. All right, we're done. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next week for more Scrimey River. 